Welcome to the Spot of Joe Show. This podcast is brought to you by myself, Joseph Bookoff. I created this podcast to talk about things that interest me, that fascinate me, explore new ideas, some things that I love are crafts, etc. things like that. Um, I'm not going to give, uh, give too much of an intro to this podcast because I want the content to speak for itself. In addition, I wanted to let you know, if you are the owner of a business, some, anything, anything you are looking for sponsorship to sponsor a podcast to get your content here, get your uh, product out to listeners on this podcast, contact me at joe at thespotofjoe.com. And uh, we can talk about getting you in this part of the podcast right here, right now. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to share with you the sponsors for this episode. My guest today is a fascinating man, a world traveler, a spiritual guru, a successful startup entrepreneur, and he inspires the hell out of me. Something that I've loved about him is he's so intuitive and he's fearless in exploring hard parts of himself and confronting danger and confronting new ideas and living in a way which is frightening. I ask him a lot about his purpose in life. He drives us down a, um, an interesting topic about existentialism, about uh, meditation, about what is beyond our mind and what is really, um, really true when it comes to spirituality and how can you integrate spirituality in everyday life without sacrificing your sense of security or your sense of self or without sacrificing your ability to be yourself and function in the world. Um, without further ado, I present you Chris Mueller. Welcome to the Spot of Joe show, Chris. This is mm. take two. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Finally, hopefully. <laughs> I got new AirPods and they unfortunately disconnected, which messed with the audio. Mm. But uh, let's make this happen. Yeah. Awesome. So I met you in Colombia in mm. the Barrio San Antonio on the hill right next to the monastery. And uh, I remember I walked up to you and I was like, what are you doing? Hmm. You were doing some sort of yoga and I thought it was fascinating. And um, we just hung out a few times, got lunch, got dinner and uh, did some website stuff. I was helping with your website, learn WordPress and all that jazz. And you are an amazingly inspiring person that has inspired me since I met you. Um, doing these 30-day projects around the world, 30-day challenges. Uh, and what, there's a purpose behind it, some purpose mm. that you've, you've built this all around. And I'm, I want you to state it in your own words since I know I'll butcher it. Mm. Yeah, so first of all, thank you very much, Joe, for having me on this, this podcast. It's an honor. Um, yeah, I also just recently actually thought about how we guys met and it's quite interesting also describes a bit of my path in itself because I was sitting there and back then I was doing a 30 day challenge to create a, a website with WordPress, you already said, and I had no clue how to go on about this, had no clue about, yeah, web design and all that kind of stuff. And I basically sent this out and um, yeah, in my meditations and so on that I need to find someone who can help me with that. And then I sit there in the park and I meditated or did some yoga and, and you approached me and that was, yeah, a, another beautiful sign for me. Actually, I'm in how synchronistic um, the whole world is. That's so, amazing. yeah. Mm. And yeah, you said like the the whole intention behind it is basically that um, I come from a very privileged background and I yeah did a fairly good job in university and I had a very good job. I founded my own startup in China and I was really hooked by this materialistic kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and yet at one point uh, I was terribly like unhappy. I felt so far away from inner peace. 
And um, yeah, back then I was not sure what to do because I wanted to change that. And back then from my linear thinking, um, I thought the, the solution to that is a master program or an MBA, again, on one of those elite universities. And so, yeah, I, I looked further into that and I realized, no, it's just, again, about honing your rational analytical skills. And I felt that's what I did all my life. I need to, yeah, improve myself in 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 so many other areas and especially in the area that we often neglect which is really? for me the the spiritual and intuitive area and so yeah so i invented basically my own master program or degree and i traveled for one year that's where i met you and i did 11 one month challenges to yeah to invent my own master and yeah really? do these courses that's basically the background and where it all started <laughs> yeah and it inspires the hell out of me how you've it's, it, you had objectively what many people in the world are fighting and dying for. And mm. you dared to be like, am I really happy? You know, is this mm. fulfilling me at a deeper level? And even though the path was uncharted to where you needed to go, you, you searched for it, sought for it. And I, I don't know if you found it or some people say mm. happiness is a forever journey. So I don't know if <laughs> anyone has found it, <laughs> anyone at least on this realm. Um, but, uh, I, I've actually never asked about your startup and it's probably because I imagine you've moved on from your startup and probably don't yeah. think about it much, but I am curious, even though it's not relevant to your current, uh, path, mm -hmm. I am curious about what that was. Hmm. Well, it was basically a startup in the, in the food area. So mm. I had, I was always very idealistic. And even though I hustled, I hustled a lot and did like a lot of, yeah, I don't know, mm. like really tried hard to um, become successful. It still had to be somewhat idealistic. And so mm. what I came up with, I wanted to change the way we eat. And mm. um, I had a vision to, yeah, create a healthy, fast, casual food chain that focused on um, yeah, on bodybuilders, on white collars who don't have a lot of time but also mm. want to eat healthy. It's basically so like protein now, bowls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically now you, you see the, they, they're popping um, yeah, all over the place, right? In, in New York and Manhattan and so on. There are mm. many of them. Um, yeah, but back then it was a quite unique and new idea. And so, yeah, that's mm. what I did in China. Interesting. Mm. Must, do you know Chinese? Uh, it must have been really interesting adapting. I know you're German, but it must have been mm. interesting adapting to the Chinese market. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why I, in the end, decided not to do it or not to continue it. Because, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, you know, a whole other way of doing business. And mm. um, I just realized, yeah, it's I thought it's easier than, than it probably would have been. And yeah. so I decided not, not to do it and come back to Germany. And then, like you know, already my path took a different direction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what, one other thing I'm really curious about is, I've had a um, an incongruency in myself when it comes to synchronicities and my rational mm -hmm. mind. And mm -hmm. I've experienced many synchronicities. Um, I listen to a lot of law of attraction stuff. And then my rational mind is like, uh-uh, that's bullshit. You need to find mm -hmm. a rational reason for all this. And mm -hmm. and it's, it's confusing me because I have a very powerful rational mind. I was brought up Jewish mm -hmm. and we're taught mm -hmm. that our relationship with God, I don't believe in God as like, a literal thing but our relationship with god is is such that our job is to debate him and be like prove yeah. it you know i want to understand mm. why things are this way and so we're brought up to debate which is why we're really good at diplomacy and in government um and why there's only 14 million of us in the world but a lot of us make a lot of money and are in power because we're brought up to debate so I'm brought up with a very powerful rational mind, uh, which is reinforced by my, my, my culture and my family. Um, and mm. then I also see these synchronicities and see how sometimes it seems like I can put out an intention and then things come. And I'm curious, how, how have you reconciled your rational mind and your observation of spiritual things that, that you see and feel? Mm. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting because I can relate a lot. I, I do have this very strong rational mind as well. Mm. Um, 
And, but I also ha always had like kind of an intuitive um, access to things. But most of the time I just repressed it and didn't really trust it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think at one point when I started this spiritual journey and um, self-realization path, um, I really step by step encountered so many things that just shattered my rational worldview and really opened me up. Mm. To, to other possibilities. I think this was the start. And then one day I remember I was, I was sitting in meditation because, and I had to make a really tough decision in my life. And I, although I was already quite intuitive, I still always wasn't sure, is it really my intuition mm -hmm. or is it just my ego pretending <laughs> to be my intuition, yeah, you know? Yeah. So um, I sat down to meditate about this actually. And it sounds super weird in my rational mind when I'm telling this stuff is still sometimes uh, resisting, yeah. but it was like that. I just got a download and it just came to me and it showed me a technique that I can use to really differentiate safely between my ego and the real inner voice. What is that technique? And I'm really curious. Even if it's transferable, it's, that is. Maybe it only works for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sure. I can give you a short intro. Uh, it's actually funny because I just um, finished the launch. I think you, you probably have seen it mm -hmm. of my four-week intuition online course. And this technique is one of the heart and the core of this course mm. because, yeah, I tested it for two plug. years or three years now. Do a plug. What, what's and the it's website? Amazing. What's the website if somebody wants to go see? Uh, it's masteroflofeandlife.com. And then under work with me, I think you'll, you'll find it. Yeah, there's a link and you mm. can click it. Um, yeah, so how does it work? So what came to me back then was that there is a law in the universe and this law is that every indication of, uh, of something positive is up in this world. And if you look closely at that, you can see examples for that everywhere. So we say something is uplifting. Mm. Um, and every indication of growth is, is up in this world, right? If you have a scale for it's always goes up. <laughs> up, up into the right. Up into positive. the right. Up into yeah, the right. Yeah, but, but, there's even, but there's even more to it. Mm. So um, because on the other hand, down... Um, represents the downpulling forces, right? It's like this decay. It's when you die, you fall down. It's really, uh, we have downward spiral. Um, even the concept of heaven and hell is somewhat based on mm -hmm. that because heaven is this play up in the sky, right? And, and hell is the lower world. Mm. And it goes really in everything. Like even our, like right now I'm doing some hand gestures while talking. Mm. So even that, you know, if you open up, if you welcome something, that's a like, yeah, it's it's like raising your mm. your hands. Mm. Like if you raise your fists, right? No one celebrates with like <laughs> putting <laughs> his down. his fist down, yeah. right? And so there is some yeah, there is something in that. And um, yeah, and the other thing is is really that the the opposite is really the downpulling forces. And the interesting thing is that that you can feel that. So the way it works is that whenever you have a question in your head, you want to get an answer from your real inner voice too, you just phrase it in your head. You find the right, uh, the right question in the first place, and then you send it down to the center of your intuition, which is your heart or uh, your gut, right? Because we say, trust your gut feeling, follow mm -hmm. your heart. So it's somewhere centered there. And then what you do is you just close your eyes, you search for a quiet spot, and you perceive. Mm. And whenever there is a force pulling you up um, or lifting you up, it's a yes. And whenever it's something is pulling you down, it's a no. Mm. And it, it sounds super simple, but it's very, very powerful. Mm. If you work with that, um, yeah, I myself, to be very honest, I do almost 90% of all decisions that I do in a day now, I do, I do it with that. That's interesting. Because I learned to, to trust that so much and... Yeah, it's everything. Like from what should I eat next to wow. um, booking a flight ticket to the end of the world. So do you ever get it's scared? really that powerful for me? Like, do you ever get scared of like of this won't this won't pan out or will this? I know you did thirty days on the street, so you're not afraid of that. But mm. you ever like? Mm. I mean, I know I, so a lot of people. I would be afraid of of like, will this end me up with me on the street? Kind of thing. Uh, do, are you ever afraid of that? Yeah, you know, th this is also really interesting because it also correlates with intuition. I think sometimes intuition is just the trust in that, you know? Mm. And what is fear? Fear is not having trust. Usually what's on the other side of fear, there's nothing. 
know and um, mm-hmm. I think the more you really trust that your inner voice it's like it's a bit like this I think many people are stuck stuck in their subconscious mm-hmm. uh, worldview you know and mm-hmm. in the subconscious there's a like lot a of paradigm. fear there's a lot of beliefs yeah there's a lot of conditioning in there mm-hmm. and you can also act from the super conscious or from the love based kind of view mm-hmm. and this is a view that that just trusts and it's like it's like a bit it's a bit like this although maybe still some bad will happen to you the the fear based view would say oh no why me again mm. always me uh, you know why why is that i thought i already learned that mm. all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Whereas the love-based view would say, oh, that's interesting. I don't know why this is happening to me right now, but I trust that it has a deeper meaning for me that I need to learn, that I need to see. And that's for me the game changer because it's not so much about what I experience. It's about really, yeah, what it means for me. Oh, so it's it's the lesson I need to learn. And it's interesting because I heard um, a really simple explanation of so a few Zen Buddhist truths. And one of them was mm. we're here to learn and everything has a lesson in it. And those are truths. Mm. And, and that was two of the three core truths to this brand of Zen Buddhism. And I was like, huh, that's really mm. interesting. as just being, being the eternal teacher. Um, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because there's this, uh, there's something I listened to where, it was some quantum thing where it's talking about how there are thoughts that reality is really eight dimensions. Um, and some people say mm-hmm. nine, some people say 11 or whatever. And string theory, I think there's a cohesive string theory that says 11 or some other number mm-hmm. that's all mathematically mm-hmm. balanced. Um, and, um, and I had a conversation actually with, with a Lyft passenger. Uh, Lyft is a, a rideshare company in the U.S. Uber is main, mm, main. Yeah, company. I know that. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm a driver mm-hmm. right now, fill in the gaps with my mm. bills and everything. And mm-hmm. I had a conversation. There was this holistic doctor, a dentist uh, that came into my car and was talking about how she was wearing. I noticed that she had some some oil on, some some kind of good smell. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's rose and it's high vibration. And I brought up this. OK, well, mm-hmm. my rational mind was, was like, oh, well, that's bullshit. And then I'm, and then another part of me was like, well, I heard of this eighth dimensional thing. And when you transpose, this is the fascinating part. This is where it comes to the punchline where I hand it off to you for a response because I know I'm going on a long time. But mm. there's this eight, when you transpose an eighth dimensional sphere into two dimensions, it looks like mm. a mandala, exactly like a mm. mandala. And so it's almost like if you take a two dimensional cross section of an eighth dimensional sphere, like how the hell do these monks, I mean, they don't obviously rationally know, but are they just drawing some, something they intuitively understand about the universe? Are they drawing mm. the current cross section mm. of the eighth dimensional sphere? Is that what they're doing? Mm. And that was kind of fascinating. It's like kind of a bridge mm. between scientific and spiritual mm. right there with the dimensions and mm-hmm. stuff and the mandalas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, and that's what I constantly realize, it's actually the, the more I go down this road, and you know, uh, because you, you've seen it, that I did quite a bit of stuff out there, and I, I tried quite a lot. Mm. And the more you do this kind of stuff, and it's really all about direct experience, because in the end, our mind cannot really understand this, because again, the mind and, and language as well is a concept that comes mm-hmm. from the intellect, right? Mm-hmm. But all these stuff is, is beyond the intellect. So you can only experience that this in these, yeah, in these experiences. And so mm. the more I do this kind of work, I realize actually the more humbler this is. And I realize, wow, I don't actually know nothing about this world yet. Yeah. And sometimes for me, it's, it's crazy because, um, you know, we in the West, we, we often have, for me, a very a strong arrogance towards, yeah, all this kind of spiritual uh, stuff out mm-hmm. there. And, and to me, sometimes it's funny because our modern science is maybe roughly 300, 400 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. And we laugh about things like shamanism and all of that kind of stuff that is there for thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years. And that's not by chance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is something you cannot... Um, 
debate about it's really something you need to directly experience that what i that's what i truly believe and that's why i also um yeah actually started to become a teacher in these kind of areas because i see there's so much power in that by really making people experience these kind of glimpses of who they really are mm, interesting there are so many things i'd love to talk about with you and i i have i have an anticipation that this probably won't be the last time you're on since you only have an hour um, since you're a very busy man and I'm also a busy man. I want to get some stuff done after this. And I, I know mm. we have so much to talk about and, um, and that an hour won't be enough, but we'll have to keep it to an hour this time. So mm. I'm going to go down the path of what are some of the experiences you've had? Uh, Cause I've seen on Facebook, you post about, Oh, you're being inducted into a Kenyan tribe and you have this really colorful robe on. And then I see a picture of you on a camel <laughs> and oh, like, I don't know where the hell that is. And I really want to know what are some of these experiences and, and, and also like the, the experience where you, you, you were 30 days, you put all your possessions away and you were 30 days mm. on the streets. And I believe it was Frankfurt. But what, what are some mm-hmm. of these experiences? I'd love to, I'd love for you to share. Uh, yeah. So where do I start? Maybe, um, maybe it's the best if I just um, sort of, tell you maybe one of the most powerful ones or the one actually that I'm also learning right now. Uh-huh. So um, I think the, I like to call them transpersonal modalities. Mm. And um, that's really kind of the area where I'm really passionate about because I see there's yeah, so much life transforming change in them. And the reason is that all of these transpersonal modalities have in common that they release DMT, mm. dimethyltryptamine in the brain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you probably have heard it. It's, it's quite famous, yeah. Joe, um, Joe Rogan and so on. They're all talking about I've, this. I've recently um, delved into uh, um, uh, other, uh, other cyclic, uh, what do you call them, cyclic uh, psychedelics, I think, the specific class of drugs. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Exactly. That's also one of the transpersonal modalities mm-hmm. that are out there. Yeah. So DMT is like the, they even call this, right? The spirit or the, the God particle, mm-hmm. even in science. Yeah. And um, the interesting thing is that many people experience this in near death experiences mm-hmm. or when, when people die, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the interesting thing is that you don't have to die to experience DMT. Mm-hmm. There are these transpersonal modalities out there that make you experience DMT before that. But it's also interesting because it's closely connected to death because in the end, what happens there is a little form of ego death. Uh It's that's basically what transpersonal means. It's like transcending Mm. the ego, Mm -hmm. transcending Joe, transcending the, the stories you tell Mm -hmm. yourself about you, the gender, exactly all of that. And it's really seeing beyond that, who you truly are. And, the power is that often they they just it's just one day you know maybe a few hours and yet they're so powerful that i believe in and i saw this from from my own experience but also from experience of hundreds of of other people um that yeah like this these few hours are sometimes enough to really change your whole worldview and to open you up to wake you up to yeah, what life is really all about. Yeah, like the float and tank. I think that's the beauty. What, like seven days in pitch darkness and in Japan yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that was that was in Thailand. This Thailand. is another transpersonal okay. transpersonal modality where I spent uh, roughly eight days in a pitch black dark room without mm-hmm. seeing light for yeah the whole duration of the eight days. Could you eat and the and drink? Uh, yeah, you eat, but it's like a Piju fasting diet. Uh-huh. It was with the Taoist um, okay. Qigong master. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that I did a lot of um, plant medicine and mm-hmm. psychedelics and all of this kind of stuff, which is also, again, another transpersonal modality. Yeah. And the experiences are amazing, but I always had this question inside of me like, yeah, but in the end, you know, I still ingested something. And yeah. maybe it's still just a drug, you know. I didn't believe this, but it was still always in me that the rational mind. Yeah, maybe it's just, be, be, yeah, of course. I, 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 I doubted it, right? Yeah. And I was still like, yeah, it could be a chance that it's just because I, I ingested something. So the dark room was for me the the perfect setting to really check, it, yeah, what it's really all about because. Um, science proved that in prolonged um, periods of, of entire darkness, DMT is also released mm-hmm. in the brain. Interesting. And, and sensory deprivation and, chambers do this for what? Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. And, and, ho- 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That also goes in, in the same area. Yeah. But holy shit, Joe, I can only tell you, that was amazing. In deep transpersonal experiences wow. in the dark room than I had on ayahuasca, yeah. on psychedelics, and on all of that. That's one thing so, I've heard yeah. that I need to do is ayahuasca trip. And, and I have a friend who, who he, he, he recommended a specific place in Peru um, that, mm. uh, that I should go to. Um, I, I don't, you went to, to, to Peru, right? Or, or, or Ecuador? Yeah. Um, yeah. I went to Peru. The only thing I want to do really, and I, I'm not, it's not because I'm like picky, but sure. uh, yeah, it's, it's not about tripping. Of this course. is for me a really, really big thing mm -hmm. because many, many people, I think that's actually often what determines a really healing mm -hmm. and transpersonal trip um, to a just bad trip mm -hmm. that really, you know, and you end up being a mess, you end up maybe being in a psychosis and yeah. so on. That can also happen. And the difference is just mere intention. Yes. Like, so are you, you looking have to it just like or confront things? Yeah, exactly. Are you just looking to get off? Yeah. And have and just exactly. have fun. to tell your friends about. Yeah. And that's so not what it is about. Mm -hmm. It's such a deep, respectful, um, sacred plant in mm -hmm. the Amazon rainforest, right? A real shaman yeah. would never do this for oh, some no. recreational yeah. thing. Yeah. I just want to just as a side note because mm -hmm. I know many people hear about this stuff. This stuff, and I think it's it's super essential to to keep the authenticity and the, the, the realness of what's happening For sure. because that's the beauty. In that. And I also just want to dot my eyes mm. and cross my T's. And I want to let you guys know that there is, there are psychological risks to taking these psychedelics and I'm not, not in mm. any way recommending you can make whatever choice you want. And also they're illegal in a lot of places. So I would suggest that you look at the local laws in your area um, when you're thinking about perhaps taking one of these, which again, I'm not recommending, I'm not an expert in mental health. Uh, so I don't want, I don't want, uh, you to take it, go into psychosis and be like, Oh, Joe told me it was cool. And I'm like, mm, uh, you know, no. <laughs> um, so just to dot my mm. I's and cross my T's there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's almost like you're saying that the real, the real amazingness here isn't, the particular chemical or the particular experience mm. it's the fact that you're going past these patterns of thought which you call ego and going to something beyond mm. it is, is that what you mean by transpersonal modality oh yeah for sure for sure okay. there are many words for that uh also interesting like um in all different mm. cultures they come up with with different words to describe this um there is transpersonal out there there's yeah. transcendent out there there's holotropic out there uh -huh. it's all about these states they, uh, it's also called altered states uh -huh. of consciousness non-ordinary states of consciousness mm -hmm. but what it all means is that it is a state and experience beyond the ego mm -hmm. beyond yeah your story your conditioning and and what you tell yourself who you are actually and mm -hmm. and that's the beauty and once you saw that yeah there's a big shift oh, happening yeah. and that's that's really beautiful it's magical and that's one that's one thing i think mm. even travel is something like that that's one thing i've i've ex mm. expressed about travel is it's like it is, is it's when you put your physical body and your senses in so many different places you tend to find out what's core and what's changeable because there's so part there's so many parts of us kind of like you put a tree in the ground it'll create mm. roots there's so many parts mm. of our psyche that have rooted to our surroundings that we don't realize aren't really us it's just because we've been in this place for years that we've crystallized these stories because of the things we see around each other but then when i tear myself and go to colombia and see like oh wow people can do this like that's one thing i joan mm. jorgen's podcast like people are this too like when he goes to asia it's like people this is a way people are too and i'm, I'm like yeah people can be so different and that's something that mm. that you don't really experience and then when you realize that you kind of get out of your ego um but what do you mean by yeah. ego i want to hear about that what does ego mean to you because some people mean different things by that word um yeah that's actually a tricky tricky one um i think it's a kind of const it's a wrong sense of self Mm -hmm. that's for me maybe the the best explanation of it it's again the way the way we walk it's a bit like this there's an interesting kind of way of looking at that so when we are born as children we are basically what's called unconsciously super conscious huh. so it means a bit like we are unaware that we're actually still merged with who we really are mm. that's that's our real self you know because when you look at children 
they're so innocent. They're just in the here and now. Mm. They're in the present moment. They don't mind about anything. Mm. They're just happy, you know, like this. And um, at one point then when we grow up, uh, we basically lose this mm. and end up being unconsciously subconscious now. Mm. So we are stuck in this kind of, in our mind, we get super attached by the external world, mm. by what we can achieve with this great tool of the mind, you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And then usually it needs some kind of a crisis, some kind of a, um, yeah, a stroke of fate, maybe an illness, you lose someone mm -hmm. like these really, really intense, maybe an illness, these really intense moments to open you up again and to give you this kind of wedge experience, this kind of glimpse experience to show you who you really are again. Mm. It can also be a transpersonal modality like we talked before mm -hmm. earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So one of these experiences that just open you up and from that moment on, you become consciously subconscious. So yeah. you're aware now of your trap. It's kind of like, like the person basically... who's woken up and being like, I feel like there's something more here and you're conscious of the fact yeah. that you're not fulfilling your potential yeah hmm. yeah exactly you know one of my teachers always like asked this question i think it's it's quite nice like there was a student sitting next to him and he was was asking him like who are you yeah and this guy replied i don't know i'm peter maybe you yeah. know and then he asked the same guy like what's your name and he said peter and he was like asking him isn't that like a contradiction in itself like can you be the name and the name holder at the same time? Interesting. You know, so it's, it's really interesting what, what our sense of self really is. Mm -hmm. And then it went on. He asked, like, whose body is this? And then, of course, Peter said, it's mine. Whose mind is this? It's mine. You know? yeah. And the same thing is, okay. like, can you be the, the possessor of these things yeah. and the possessed item itself? You know, huh. it, it's not possible. And then the question is, who is the possessor? You know, who's mm. the possessor of these things? And most people out there, that's the truth. Mm. They haven't even thought about who's the possessor. Yeah. And it's a bit like in mathematics. If you have the wrong hypothesis or how it's called yeah. about something, how can you expect to get any right answer? You know, it's not possible. Mm. So if you have the wrong sense of, of who you actually are, mm -hmm. then you can't get any real answers in, in life. So I think that's so, so essential, this to find out who you truly are. When you really question yourself, yeah. you find the contradictions in it. It's fascinating. Mm. That's one question that came up for me while you were talking is, mm. um, is if you, okay, so, so we, we find out that there are these inconsistencies, these existential inconsistencies when we question ourselves. Okay, so is the solution to just not care and do nothing? Because like, I, I worry that like, okay, if I'm to let go of my ego, then then like, okay, I'm not going to care and I'm going to do nothing. And then I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll succumb to falling into spirals of, you know, addiction. So, so how, how is, like, what would the next step be? I mean, how do I make sure that I go up instead of down to reference your earlier thing? Mm. If I am to, to like, oh, I want to experience this, experience the spiritual and be, you know, go past yeah. myself. How do I make sure I, I go up instead of down? Because you could probably oh, go down. I, yeah oh yeah I, I love that you asked this question because it's it's so very essential and it's also a bit like of what i talked about earlier mm. um if you go and do these experience and you just have the mere intention to have a trip mm -hmm. and then you go to the amazon rainforest and you're a few thousand kilometers away from your safety net mm -hmm. of your family yeah. and your friends yeah. and then you end up and your worldview is shattered and all that you believed in mm -hmm. is like not the same anymore you're in such a vulnerable space. Yeah, you want someone that, that can help you and guide you. And right? if because you're in Colombia, somebody could be like, super, hey, take this yeah. trip to the U.S. and you'll find your answer of who you yeah. are. And so, like, there's that danger of if I'm vulnerable, if I let go of everything I know, I'm vulnerable. You know, how do yeah. I make sure that there's no harm? Exactly. So what I always recommend is, and for me, it's, it's even 60-40. Um, mm -hmm. And that is integration. So mm, integration is so, so very, very important uh -huh. in, in these processes. Like a lot of my teachers, they, uh, and one shaman in particular, he always told me that if you have just ayahuasca ceremonies and many also people then again end up in this external trap of like rushing from one ceremony to the mm -hmm. next because they're chasing these spiritual <laughs> highs that they get from that it's and not that's me so that's not experiencing it. it it's the ayahuasca yeah. that's giving it to me 
instead of instead yeah, of this and, season, and it's, it's and it's turning on a switch and the real change is happening inside me right if i'm hearing you right yeah and, and that's mm, and that's so not how it works because mm-hmm. you always have to do the work yourself mm. you know and and if you just do ayahuasca and then don't do integration at all mm-hmm. uh it's just watching movies or worse <laughs> you end up really in a in a psychosis yeah, and yeah. and yeah you know you don't know how to deal with that mm-hmm. so the the number one tip i have for people being curious about this is really to make sure that the place that they're going to that they have a good feeling about this and that the person who is sort of who they're giving their consciousness um yeah into their hands sort mm-hmm. of is really capable to hold the space and to offer a wide variety of integration mm. things like sharing circles, like, you know, some guidance afterwards. That, that's so essential. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that I, this, the, the, the specific place that the, um, my friend recommended to me in Peru, um, with, with, mm. which had these ceremonies, uh, they have these, it's like minimum, I think is like nine days and you have three or four ceremonies and it's, it's preparation supervision mm-hmm. and integration and then and then they just it's it's really intensive but they they make sure that you integrate that you can journal you can self-reflect that you can you have some yeah, people nice. that can help you do some yoga to integrate it into your body if you need to integrate something into your body and um mm-hmm. it's actually interesting you say that because another podcast who actually lives in the same city that i want that i live in and you know tim ferris if you're mm. listening uh, to this mm. podcast, uh, reach out. I'm sure we could do, you know, I don't know if I'd come on your podcast or you'd come on mine, but he talks a lot about psychedelics and he talks a lot about how he, he makes sure he has a guide. He makes sure he has time and space to integrate it. He's mm. very careful. And, and I made sure yeah. to do that the first time I, I tried, um, I tried psychedelics as well and, and integrated into my, though, if you do it right, it's like 15 hmm. years of therapy in, in 12 yeah, hours. Exactly. If you do it wrong, you're in psychosis, yeah. of course. You do a lot more damage. Yeah. But it can really, like, oh, my God. It's, 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 it's an amazing, and it's not just psychedelic. I, I imagine other interpersonal, intra, extra personal modalities can mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. help. Um, yeah, let, can I add sure. one thing, Joe? It just comes to my mind because um, it's another part I really would like to mention because mm-hmm. I think it's it's also super important. Um, in the end, you know, it's also not easy. Mm-hmm. And I think it sometimes helps to be aware of that, mm-hmm. that it is not easy to go through all that stuff mm-hmm. because we have to, yeah, we have to be aware that for maybe 20, 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. we live the way we do, mm-hmm. you know, and we repressed a lot of traumas, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. we're not really conscious about. So in these ceremonies, mm. that's also why they're so powerful, mm-hmm. but all of that can come up, mm. you know, and yep. not yep. by chance, yeah. not by chance, so many ancient cultures call this the hero's journey, yes. because it really needs a real hero to go through the underworld, to go through all your yeah. shadows, yeah. And, and yeah, to, to make this super conscious, these glimpses of light you get as well a constant reality yeah and that's the whole journey and it's it's really really challenging and yeah i can talk from from personal experience as well i've been through hell many many yeah. times um yeah. but at the same yeah. time it's also so very worth it so if you mm-hmm. have the right attitude to be to lose it you know to yeah to really give it your all and just really want to heal and do this for the personal transformation then this is such a beautiful work and so beneficial for yeah yeah becoming the best representation of yourself. That's what I truly believe. For sure, I, I can imagine, and, and I'm really really excited to to see your online course. I'm actually thinking about. I, I just started coaching um, with actually somebody else that I interviewed. I believe episode nine. Um, he, he coaches mm. he coaches men on integration. He he, he has this this whole idea of the integ- integral alpha because um, a lot of people and it's it's a lot of marketing because he doesn't really believe in in being alpha but he believes in being an integrated man where you integrate your mm-hmm. um you know your aggression your love your mm, sexuality beautiful. your desire your passion you integrate it into a cohesive being and go through life um with with drive and desire um and so I've begun coaching on him, and so I really don't have room for another program. But I'm I'm kind of intrigued now, and and I I may <laughs> once I have more room in my life, it's it is something I'd like to explore. Um, what mm. what are some things? 
like that that up and down thing is great but like what what about meditation i mean a lot of people haven't meditated a lot of people have meditated but really don't know what they're doing they're kind of aimlessly just like oh i'm sitting down and breathing is that it like what Hmm. what can somebody do like every morning maybe five minutes or whatever that could start the journey of of loosening their ego and, and, and becoming more integrating their spirituality yeah interesting like this is this is basically another thing i was really passionate about the last few years and i really tried to learn from yeah, one of the, the highest level meditation practitioners mm. sort of in, in all of the different traditions there are out there. Mm-hmm. And I made really, really beautiful experiences learning from monks in Thailand, from Tibetan lamas mm. to some tribes in Africa, shamanic mm-hmm. meditation practitioners and all of that. And um, I realized, and that's, that's probably the beauty, that we often try to learn meditation in the West completely the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually, again, based on this external kind of achievement thing that we want to jump right into monk meditation <laughs> because we, we want to be the next monk. Yeah. You know? It's, again, this kind of achievement kind of thing. I'm doing but it this is to not transcend how... myself. It, it, yeah, like that. Like, this, this is the is, purpose. I think this is not the best way mm-hmm. to start okay. it, especially on your own. If you go to a Vipassana uh, meditation center mm-hmm. and do like 10 days of intense 12 hours meditation mm-hmm. a day, then yes, this is beautiful to make you really experience again these transcendental, Mm -hmm. transpersonal states of meditation. But if you do it at home, I think there are a lot of better ways to learn meditation than Mm. to sit cross-legged, forcing yourself to sit for 30 minutes and yeah, trying to think of nothing. Because (laughs) usually we end up being frustrated and, you know, because no progress is happening. And it's also what we totally forget is that we have totally different starting points compared to monks you know mm-hmm. it's like we in the west we're not only way more um, attached to thoughts and thinking we also learn meditation when we're already adults mm-hmm. and monks usually they start with four or five years old you know mm-hmm. so there's a huge difference in that i wrote actually a 21 day meditation guide mm-hmm. um yeah and a few few months maybe ago and I really tried to to be aware of that and mm. to make meditation something that is fun and easy. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to do that is to bring in um, a form of practic- practicability mm. in a sense of that you have to do something. Mm. So in the West, we're really good at doing things, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the forms of meditation I really like are the ones that, that keep us occupied with something like running. Um, like one thing wh- I've noticed, I mean, just an ex- perhaps to see if this goes into your idea. Mm-hmm. I find that when I run, um, it's, it's so meditative because I'm paying attention to my breath and paying attention to my mm. body. And so my mind is preoccupied with things that really don't have any emotional charge. And, mm. and my, and then also with the endorphin rush as well, my, it's almost like I'm, I'm just in a flow state and I'm just, I'm just transcended what my body is doing right there. Is, is that what you mean by like meditation through doing something? Um, yeah, in a sense, you can compare that. Although um, it's still meditation is a practice to go inwards and mm-hmm. without being in, in the external, right? Okay. So it's really more about, um, yeah, one, one, one of my teachers, one of my monks once said, it's like, it's a bit like reducing the, your worldview to one point in order to enlarge it and it's mm. really a bit like this so many meditation forms like vipassana and so on they focus on one point inside of your body and mm-hmm. they try to stay there until they break through again until they transcend mm. and then they enter these deeper meditative states mm. and so in a way what i mean with occupying yourself is for example mantra meditation mantra meditation is just that you have one mantra and you recite this in your head over and over mm. again. So you keep yourself occupied with saying the same sentence over and over again. Mm. And eventually you break through. And that's for us way easier than to close our eyes and to, um, you know, like put our focus on somewhere mm-hmm. inside our bodies. That, that's more difficult for us, I, I believe. Mm. So the doing is like at, the, at, the mantra. That's, that's what yeah, you mean exactly. by doing at, something and yeah. meditating through yeah. that. I mean, in, in this guide... and. I encourage everyone to download it. It's on my website as well. It's it's for free. Mm-hmm. Um, the master, and the beauty is that is it the master? Yeah, of master love? of love. No, and, master the. of love and life. Okay. Com. Master of exactly. love and life. Yeah, another one of those meditations could be um, 
that you have an object it's called object meditation mm -hmm. so you take some object from nature maybe a beautiful shell or mm -hmm. rose a flower whatever or what also works really well as a candle flame and you just place mm -hmm. it in front of you and you set a timer for maybe 10 minutes and you just focus on the center of this object for the whole duration. Mm -hmm. And that's again so much easier for us because we instantly know when we're not looking at the, mm. at the object anymore. You know, it's quite obvious. Mm -hmm. So we catch ourselves way faster. Mm. And it's a very beautiful way of training our mind because this is mm -hmm. in the end what ha what's happening, right? We first need to train our mind. And after we've done this kind of initial thing or getting into it, then we can still come back later on to the traditional classic monk meditation. Mm. That, that's mm. what that's how i believe it's yeah. interesting you say that because that's one of the one of the things that's been uh i that i actually applied to a go to vipassana in colombia but uh that they had already filled up unfortunately because it opens up and it's a very brief period and they fill up super quick but um mm. when i try to do the thing that you showed me um briefly when when we i think it was one day you you, you explained the basics of it it was very hard for me to like okay well I'm not really feeling anything on my nose or I'm not really feeling anything on my solar plexus. How do I know I'm mm. focusing on it? And then that was, it was hard for mm. me to focus on something where I didn't have a very clear, okay, I am or I'm not um, yeah. kind of thing. And when you say candle, like one thing I'm thinking now is I love burning incense. And one thing I, I might mm. do is I might just light it on fire and then blow it out and then watch that red glowing thing as it goes down. Mm. And then that might be my meditation. And that takes maybe 20 oh, minutes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that can be a beautiful way of, of meditating, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what kind of thing, and it looks like we're, we're nearing the end, because I know that you you want to leave at, at uh, one my time, right? I don't know what time that is there. Mm. Right? Yeah, I have maybe around 15 minutes or something. That that should be fine. Okay, cool. Perfect. So 15 minutes is great for me as well um, by the way one, one more thing sure. like the um the kind of count stopped uh the the clock stopped counting i hope this is still recording right let me see oh it's counting for me what is it okay, what number perfect. does it say on yours uh 26 25 okay. but this it stopped a, a long way back i guess a long says, way. yeah yeah it says 44 44 now um okay sweet yeah uh, which might nice be synchronistic I know, right? <laughs> it was great. Well, do you do you um, do you look into numerology? Is it like is it like this is science, oh, yeah. or is it like this is a path to intuition? Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah, you know, the, another really interesting thing. Again, the more I do on this path, the more I realize I absolutely don't know anything, mm -hmm. and <laughs> and part of this is is certainly also numerology. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can make a quick example, and I'm definitely guided by numbers. I don't know what it's really about one 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 and mm -hmm. two 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 three 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 all of this kind of stuff, but uh, for me, it's just it's just another way of how I am guided by my intuition. Meanwhile. Mm -hmm. um, quick example i can make is i was i was writing the content in vietnam recently mm -hmm. for my intuition online course that i just launched sure. and usually it really felt like a download you know i didn't have to think about it, it just came through me it mm -hmm. was really beautiful but this one day i was sitting on the rooftop of my co-working space and i was always writing on a mm -hmm. on a topic and it was about how to develop self courage and willpower and self mastery mm. and i wasn't so sure whether this should be part of the course, because mm -hmm. in the end it is an intuition course and not a course about right mm -hmm. self optimization in, in mm -hmm. that sense. And so I wasn't really sure. And then I, I checked in with my intuition and it told me like, take a break. So mm -hmm. I like closed my laptop. And in that moment, like Alex, a guy I know from this coworking mm -hmm. space is like, Hey, Chris, can you, can you come over shortly? I'm like, sure. And I, and I walked to him and he's like telling me, Hey man, you know, you, you gave me your meditation guide the other day and I, I read it and it's really amazing, but I want to ask you something because I have this problem all my life. <laughs> I always struggle with self-courage, self-discipline, how to develop that, you know, and, and oh, no joke, I was smiling crazy. all over my face. I yeah. gave him some advice. Then I got back to my place. I opened the laptop, it showed 11.11, like the time, you know, yeah. and I just knew, I just knew, okay, yeah. this is a very important part of my course. And so yeah. this is a bit like, in a way, like how numbers and all of this sometimes comes together. And it's just really, really beautiful. It's interesting because, um, because like there'll be times when, 
when I'm very rational, I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And it, it, it's mm. almost like, and I used to, I, and I think when it, when you say integration, I love that because sometimes what I need to do is I need to put my pedal to the metal and just fucking do it. And mm. at those times, it's, it's almost like I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm closed off to other, other stimuli. Like for instance, um, I have some goals right now when it comes to what I'd like to do with my life. And that requires me to drive rideshare on a consistent basis. And so like, mm-hmm. and so for now, and I know that's not going to be forever and I'm already building up other pathways for, um, you know, for me to get the resources I need to survive. But when it comes to, to, to like one of, one of the big things, because I've seen what sometimes the synchronicities and one of the big things between integrating that in my life and not is I'm like, okay, well, what about my goals? What about, what about Mm. me? um, What about me? try you know letting go and maybe i won't hit these goals and i I think that's a trust thing um Mm. and what have you what have you how have you and i know i'm kind of going a couple different ways here because i'm formulating the question as i speak Mm. but Mm. what what have you seen in yourself with trust and how that's developed from you as you've let go and and gone into this more spiritual intuitive Mm -hmm. space Mm. Yeah, another really beautiful question. I think um, this is really the, the also the core problem of uh, what what the ego creates. It's mm-hmm. it's a bit like this that we, um, you know, once you get really hooked to the mind and see how how beautiful it can create things, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit like this. We get super attached to this because these results then they're measurable, they're tangible, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, of course, it's super easy to to be stuck in that. And then the problem is that we don't really realize that it's also important to go into the stillness, into this being. Um, But from our external viewpoint now, being in stillness is like, is nonsense. You know, it's like Mm. when you sit on your stuff, it doesn't pay the bills when you, um, you know what I mean? When, when you're in stillness that we, we even associate this with, with loss, with annihilation because we don't do something right. Mm -hmm. Because at the same time we can be, out in the world manifest our goals mm. i think this is this is the the biggest misconception there is out there because in this stillness this is another paradox mm-hmm. um again in the spiritual it's really beautiful all of these are actually uh, paradoxes because they're mm. not graspable by by our mind by our intellect but um yeah it basically means that you you cannot um how, how to say um you, you cannot uh Hello? Hi. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. I can hear you. Uh, I'm not sure if you can hear me. Let me check my connection. I'm connected. That's weird. Let me um uh message you. Joe? Yeah. Joe? I can hear you. Okay, sweet. Okay, sorry, there was some... Yeah, now I can hear you. All right, great. Okay. Uh, Where was I? What did you hear? What was the last... Trust. I heard the last thing. I heard all of it. I heard you calling my name and everything. Um, Okay. So you're talking about trust and you're talking about uh, how there are paradoxes and how Mm. when you're still... And then that's when we stop. Yeah, exactly. So we always have this this idea that in in this nothingness, right, in this stillness, in this empty space, there can't be any information. Mm. And and I believe it's actually the opposite. And that's the paradox that in these mm. faces of stillness, in these faces of when you tap into meditation, when you go to these transcendental states, that's where you have access to mm. your true being, to your true self. And that's also the place where you get fueled with all inspiration, with all creativity, with all intuition, because this is your higher self. Mm-hmm. And it, it only has in mind, in mind is a good word, but what mm-hmm. is really best for you, what is mm-hmm. best for your path. It's mm-hmm. not always the easy path. It's o- not always the path where you reach some goals, but it's the path that makes you grow the most. It's interesting and, you say yeah. that because... Yeah, and that's also something interesting as well, because it's not so much about your external goals, it's about what's best for you overall. And then I've also mm. begun to, 
there's something that, that helps me integrate spirituality and uh, rationality together because intuition is something that I try to cultivate at, at times in my life. I'm like, well, you know, there's something past here. There's some resistance, but it's, it's, it's emotional. It's, it's even past emotion. It's spiritual. Mm. And, um, and it comes from the thought that the idea that your mind is a tool. So do you think of your mind as a tool? It's like your mind is a tool and not everything is a nail, but some things are nails. And so your mind's a great tool to have, but it's not the most important thing or the only thing that there is to use. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For okay. me, it's like the, the um, how do you say, um, the mind is a, is a beautiful servant, but a terrible master. I think that's a <laughs> Interesting. quote from, from Churchill. And it, it's really true. Because most people, the mind just rule, rules like, yeah, it's the master, right? And mm. then it's, it, it's really dangerous because Beautiful you identify so master. much yeah, with, with what you are there. But um, it's just a servant. It's just a tool. Like Einstein even said, there's another really good quote, and I'm probably getting it uh, a bit wrong right now. But he said something like, um, in our society, um, intuition is like this incredible gift that we have. And the mind is just like a mere, I don't know, like a little tool. And yet we have forgotten the gift and only value this kind of little tool. You know, it's, it's a bit like that. And I, and I deeply agree. And mm. it's also interesting if you look at all these brilliant, um, yeah, like Einstein, these brilliant minds where you would think that all of his breakthroughs would come from this rational place of yeah. linear thinking and causality. If you look closer into that, and I, and I did because of my intuition course, it's amazing to find out that they actually had all their breakthroughs not coming from this linear thinking, but from this intuitive uh, realm that, it, that is yeah. within themselves. Like fuck and with Einstein. As how he, he had a yeah. dream about a snake biting its exactly. tail, and then he discovered the benzene ring. It's like, it's a ring. Yeah. It's a ring. It's not a line. It's not mm. like a hydrocarbon chain it's a hydrocarbon mm. ring and then he created the Buckminster Fuller ring, like the, the revolutionary yeah. soccer ball shape um, in yeah. chemistry. So again, it's, it's interesting because, uh, and, and nice, um, yeah, nice referral to that because again, it comes from the stillness, right? From the mm. stillness, from these aha moments, from these pure inspiration. Even of your Stephen pure Hawking, self. He, he was driven so much by passion and, and by a desire by that, yeah. that was that was above and beyond rationality. I think he would talk about that, and I haven't seen that movie about him, but I heard in the movie he talks a lot yeah. about that. But just the passion and the drive of the magic, and and even mm. you know Neil deGrasse Tyson talks a lot about the the joy of science, the joy of of seeing the universe, and and while and the, mm. the I think that understands the mind as a tool, but but mm. not as the master. And that was you know the master mm. is the questions, is the desire, is like. What do you really want? What are you looking for? What do you desire? And what do you need to learn? And, and I think that that's, mm -hmm. that's beyond the mind. That the mind is a great tool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. There is also a really beautiful example from Einstein again. When mm -hmm. um, I think the story goes like this, that a very famous man wanted to meet Einstein and he mm -hmm. came to, the, to his house and then the, the Einstein's woman opened the door mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, we have a meeting. Where is he? And she's like, he's in the bathtub. <laughs> and uh, then, then, then this guy is like, yeah, then, then get him out of there. We have a meeting. I'm important, sort of, you know. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not allowed. No one is allowed to disturb his one and a half hour bath because this is the place where yeah. he got all of his breakthroughs. Oh, wow. And again, it's really beautiful for me because not necessarily you, you have to embark this typical traditional spiritual path, you know. It can also be the bathtub where you have these, <laughs> yeah. these transcendent... Um, <laughs> kind of insights so, like shower yeah. thoughts yeah yeah for sure i heard a there's a yeah. scientific uh, uh i don't remember it was on some podcast it, it i think it was either a jordan harbinger show uh i have some disagreements with him and his philosophies we've actually discussed that but i still like to recommend his show because he has some great people on and he is he's a great interviewer very adept at his his skill um and, or it might have been the tim ferris show i'm not sure um but it from Ferris podcast, I think it's called to be clear. Mm -hmm. But um uh he was, he was talking about actually probably the Jordan Harbinger show. They're talking about um some neurologist was talking about how the science behind why you have insights when you're driving or when you're in the shower. And it's because 
all the parts of yourself that would otherwise be blocking you from just drifting your mind and thinking about nothing are now preoccupied with when you're driving, it's preoccupied with, mm. with safety, with looking at the environment or <laughs> with showering, nice. it's preoccupied with routine. And then the mm-hmm. rest of your mind is just, Oh, well, this is interesting. Let me think about this. Let me think about that. And so routine mm. things like brushing your teeth, like showering or, or mm. like driving, um, preoccupied. or looking at a candle for 10 minutes, or looking at a candle <laughs> for 10 minutes, or as another uh, YouTuber would, would say, just drifting your mind to focus on, um uh, the ac the sound of the ac was what she would focus on um Mm. it would it opens up the rest of your mind to just ponder and explore and then you're you're just being freed i thought that was fascinating Mm. yeah i wouldn't call it necessarily the rest of the mind i would call Uh it this this place of stillness this place of your real self that Mm. has plays now to come through Mm -hmm. but apart from that yeah very accurate i think that's that's really it. Interesting. <laughs> well, I think that's a good note to stop so you can get some minutes to prepare for whatever is next. Um, mm. I have a couple of questions for you in particular. I'd like to uh, talk, I'll message you um, on Facebook afterwards. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for, for you coming on. Thank you for, um, for, for joining the podcast and I'm excited to, um, for what comes. Oh yeah, same here, man. It's I mean, I also witnessed your journey a bit. It's to me always really inspiring what you kind of, you reinvent yourself a lot and I really <laughs> like that about you. No, really, that's like you're, yeah, constantly doing new stuff and um, that, that's a nice one as well and your courage is really beautiful as well to see. So thank you for having me on your podcast, Joe. For sure. Really enjoyed it. Thank <laughs> you, my friend. Hmm.